Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, hello. Welcome back. We are here and I'm so excited for today's episode. This is an episode that Jonathan and I have been talking about and planning since Atticus was born. We talked about potentially recording this back in January when the birth story was fresh. But if it gives you any indication what a whirlwind parenthood has been, we didn't do that. And also we didn't do that because I wasn't ready. I talked about that in the solo episode last week. If you haven't listened, head over to that solo episode, which was the relaunch of the show with Dear Media after the last six months off. I personally wasn't ready at that time because I was going through such a shift in who I am as a person and the way that I show up in the world and everything that motherhood has taught me and has expanded me in my soul, my body, my life, my career, my heart, especially that above all else. And I just needed to let everything marinate and everything simmer. And because I'm a writer, you guys know I wrote this birth story on my blog. It was 11,000 words. And that's a long blog post if you're not really familiar with how many words a blog post is. But that was like the nitty gritty. And I know a lot of people prefer to listen to the podcast to learn about the birth story and to learn about everything, which is why I'm so happy that we're back I wanted to start by saying thank you so much for all the support last week. On the two launch episodes, we had our solo and we had an episode with Kenzie about emerging from the dark night of the soul. And it's been a real joy, let me tell you, to reconnect with you guys on Instagram. I feel like I'm back to myself. For six months, I only posted on Instagram about motherhood and posted with Atticus and honestly ended up posting like really intimate things all the time because I didn't have any work to post about. And I'm feeling like a lot more balanced of a human now that I can post and talk also about my work and you guys and our community and the things that have been created in the last six years, which is this podcast. 
So all of this to say, I'm so happy to be back. If you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes, it would really, really help with visibility after my hiatus. And I will thank you if you email me a screenshot by sending you my free yoga ebook and entering you into these weekly wellness giveaways that I'm hosting. So today we are welcoming Jonathan back to the podcast. We're talking about the birth story. We're talking about parenthood. We recorded this episode not once, but twice because I'm a perfectionist and I wanted this to really be a cornerstone episode that Atticus can listen to when he's older and that we can go back and listen to for years to come. And honestly, no episode is going to be perfect and it's going to reflect and capture everything that we wanted to say. And when we were finished with this, I thought back on it and I realized we didn't even talk about half the things that I wanted to. So consider this part one of a parenthood series because Jonathan's going to be a frequent co-host, a frequent guest, and we're going to talk about everything from what it's like to be parents to why we named Atticus Atticus to learning to be in a relationship with each other when it's not just us and our whole dynamic has changed to the hard parts, the easy parts, the best parts, how many more kids we want to have, all that jazz. And he's a lot of fun. My husband, he's the freaking best. So definitely let us know your thoughts. Head to Instagram, comment on my Instagram about this episode and tell us what your thoughts were. I just love connecting with our community now that I'm back. Really, really missed being able to do that. So that's that. That's my intro to just tell you how much I love you guys and how excited I am to be back. And I also want to start doing something in my intro, like some kind of series, like wellness trends that I'm loving or highs and lows of my week or something like that. So also on Instagram, tell me what you guys would want to hear about weekly in the intro. I just want to have a lot of consistency and make everything fresh and new in this new season of life. So with that, let's get into this episode with my husband and talk all things birth story, baby. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Jordan's Jonathan's back. back. Ooh, James. tell a friend. Tell all your friends. Soul on Fire is back. Tell all your friends because we are back after a six month hiatus. Crazy. It's so exciting. And I'm so happy to be sitting here with my husband, the most special person on the planet, the most incredible father. Keep going, keep going. We just celebrated Father's Day, and I'm so excited to finally be able to share our birth story with the audience. It feels like forever ago. I know. It's been six months exactly to the day that we're recording this, which is feels symbolic. Re-recording this. Re-recording this. Let's Whoops. T- tell the listeners why we're re-recording this. Let's just say I showed up and I was a zombie. Yeah, I came to greet Jonathan in the lobby and he was literally like half asleep and <laughs> dangling off the couch. So yeah. <laughs> we did it. We did our best and we decided to do it again because this this is a monumental topic that we really hope that Atticus will listen back to one day, not to mention all of our TBB fam. Totally. I was a little rusty. Let's just put it that way. Honestly, my love, we were both a little rusty. It has been quite some time. Since we've been on the mic and the exciting thing is that we are at Dear Media 
here in West Hollywood. Yep. It's pretty official. It is as official as it gets. So it's different. Like we're used to recording this on our couch at like 10 p.m. And this is just a whole different vibe. Totally different vibe. Very professional. They hand you water if you want some tea. (laughs) You got like lights and cameras. Lights, camera, action, baby. So tell everybody what it's like to be a father. How have you been doing for these last six months? Wow. What it's like to be a father. Being a father is the best. Any new dad, I guess any dad that feels similarly just knows what I'm feeling, which is just elated. (laughs) And it definitely has its costs. Lack of sleep, emotional mood swings. Pisces moon, like Jonathan, there are a lot of Mood Completely swing. irrational tantrums. Not from the baby, but from the husband. Baby's great. I'm talking about me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's been, it's been wonderful. I can't believe it's been six months. I know. It feels good. I think they say in Chinese medicine, it takes 100 days for it to feel normal and for a new routine to set into place once you've had a baby. So they celebrate the first 100 days of life, which I think I think we hit that milestone back in March, but I think six months, that's when I feel ready as a mother to re-enter the world and do some things on my own. And Atticus is home right now without us, with our amazing nanny, and he's super happy. But I don't think I could have done that even a month ago. So it feels monumental and big. And I also wanted to start this episode by saying to you, just describe our son for a second to our listeners. He's so special and I haven't gotten to talk about him much yet on the podcast. Okay, guys, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm really excited about this sponsor because I have been an advocate of therapy for as long as I can remember. I've actually been in therapy since I was a child, and I really thank my parents for that experience. I think it's so important to talk about mental health, and with the landscape of the world for the last couple years, I think we have all been thrown a huge curveball. And when we're thrown such a curveball in life, it's important to have someone to talk through it with. Life is full of ups and downs, and it's really important to show up for ourselves through it all. And one way we can do that is by talking to a therapist. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. What I love about BetterHelp is it's for people who want to do something online. We don't all have time or the means to go into an office for therapy, especially in this day and age. And what it is, is it's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online with a licensed therapist and it's available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, with which I love. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. Getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop and your phone. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. In fact, it took me 
probably five different therapists in my life to land on the therapist that really ended up changing my life, which was a therapist that I had in college. So you can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. And the cool thing is it's really affordable. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is also available, which I think is so important so that therapy can be accessible to all. And super exciting, they have a special offer for our TBB listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash balanced. That is 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash balanced, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D. Check it out, guys. Let me know your thoughts when you try. And let's get back into this episode with Jonathan. Hey, friend. I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. I mean, he really is. Like, I think people assume that what you put on social media is the best version of yourself. And you're not going to post the, the lows. And I think if there was a live stream of this baby 24-7, you would truly see that He'll whimper when he's a little bit hungry. He'll whimper when he's tired. He'll definitely cry when he's teething because his front two little teeth are coming in. It's adorable. But anyone who's hung out with him for a couple hours, a full day, they just know. He's like the chillest little dude. He's just smiley. He's very aware. I mean, definitely gets that from you. I'm looking at West Hollywood and the backdrop of Jordan, I'm completely distracted because I'm basically a puppy and I'm seeing a bunch of shiny toys in the background. He's very present. He stares people deep in the eye. He has a soul gaze that is like no other. And people tell me that I have this. I think I make people uncomfortable. That's something that I hear on a daily basis. So I can finally accept that about myself. I stare at people very deep in the eye, but I was just born that way. I'm your husband. You make me uncomfortable sometimes. I know. Starting yeah. on our first date, he yep. was like, what are you looking at? What are you doing? This is Why are you looking at me like that? And I'm like, because we're on a date and we've been friends for years and we're on a date. Like, of course I'm looking at you in that way. And Atticus is like that. And yeah. he was born that way. Yeah. People... Within the first 10 minutes, he was just staring. Like, it was, mm-hmm. we have that on video. Yep. He is an alert present baby. People stop us on the street to say, your baby is so alert and so aware. It's just noticeable. And now that he's six months, I think six months old, they're starting to be pretty alert. He was like that when he was born. We might just sound like the crazy parents who are like, our kid is (laughs) so smart and so strong and so wise, but it's actually true. He is a great baby. Spend some time with the little man and you guys will see. So this episode, we really wanted to make it special in the sense that this is our birth story. And maybe you guys have read my blog post, all 11,000 words, one-sixth of a book, because that's kind of how I roll. But a lot of people who listen to the podcast don't necessarily read the blog. So we wanted to tell the birth story here on the podcast. So I think we should back up 
to December, and I'll let you start. Oh, okay. Thank you. Birth, Not like you were the pregnant one, but… Birth story. So, I would say that Jordan was, for about the month leading up to Atticus being born, was having contractions, small ones, every single day. And when someone's having small contractions every single day, one, it's painful and uncomfortable. But also, it's you never know when that contraction is going to turn into like the contraction that like that catapults everything into motion. And we were trying to, he just wanted to come out. <laughs> he wanted to come out. You wanted him to come I out. I wanted him to come out. I also knew that he was ready to come out. I mean, any person listening who has had contractions for a month knows that your body is signaling that the baby is ready to be born. So when I started having those contractions on November 21st, and he was born on December 21st, I canceled everything. Jonathan knows we didn't do Thanksgiving. We, we rushed to the hospital on the 21st. Yeah, we didn't do Hanukkah. I mean, we're going all the way back to Thanksgiving here. Like, I told the whole family, we're not coming. I might have the baby. Like, any second, any day, we went to the hospital they found out that I was one centimeter dilated. And then they kept us for several hours to see if I was going to keep dilating. And in my gut, I didn't feel like I was in labor. But I felt like my body was definitely preparing to do something within the next few weeks. So myself, our doula, our doctor, we all came to the conclusion. This baby's probably going to be born in early December. He's just going to come a little early. He's just this a little… This is when the over-under bets kind of started to roll out. Yeah. And some family members still wanted to be like, oh yeah, he'll be a 2022 baby. And I was just like, if you're telling me as a nine and a half month pregnant woman that I'm going to be pregnant for another month, Hail I will die. The I will just not. I will just not survive. So my bet was like, I had so many different thoughts. I had December 1st. December 2nd, December 10th. Basically, if you guys know me, any variation of 201, which is 12, 0, and 1 in any order. But as all of those days started to pass by, and I still had contractions every single day, and we passed 1211, 1212, all of these dates that I was very tied to, I just started to think, what is going on? And I had talked to my trusted mediums and to myself, my higher self, our ancestors, our angels. And everyone agreed, myself included, this baby is a Sagittarius. He has fiery energy. He does not give me Capricorn vibes. He gives me Sagittarius vibes. But the days He's like, I'm going to do my own thing. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. He was kicking me. He was hanging so low. I couldn't walk. My sciatica was to the point where I was just down for the count. Jonathan knows. Oh, I was yeah. in the bath having full vision, plant medicine it was ceremonies. really hard for me. Without the plant medicine. Was, was this very, hard for you? Very difficult time for me. I'm not going to lie. Nobody ever gives the, the husband any credit, but man, was it tough. What was it like for you? Just physically exhausting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, the truth is, I know Jonathan's joking, but I feel like people don't give the significant other enough credit. I feel like they don't because it's so much, not to mention the actual birth. Like you're not feeling anything because you could not handle it and men could not handle it. I'm sorry to say, Facts. but you're there and you're supporting and you're, you know, supporting the 
best way we know how until we get a second opportunity. Oh, yeah. We can't wait for Jonathan's second opportunity. And we will get into that. Anyone who's seen the TikTok, shout out to the TikTok fam and the 25 million other viewers of the TikTok who are not part of our TBB fam. You know what we're talking about. We will get to that for sure. So we'll fast forward all the way until the day that I went into labor, which was a Monday, December 20th. Monday, December 20th, I go to work like I normally do. And I come home early because you, I don't know, why did I come home early? I feel like I came home early. (laughs) You did. You did. But I I love this because Jordan's my memory bank. I'm your memory bank, and this is a day I will never forget. Why don't you tell us? Oh, this is what we did. We went to the doctor's office that morning for my second membrane membrane sweep. If you guys don't know what a membrane sweep is, it's where the doctor puts their fingers into your cervix and loosens up the amniotic fluid so that the baby is kind of like primed to come out. It can, I think in one in five times, like induce labor. So this is something that you would do after 38 or 39 weeks. This was my second membrane sweep. I was at 39 weeks and two days. So keep in mind, people, I was not past my due date, even though I felt like I was past my due date because of the month of contractions. So I was just at my breaking point. And as our doula and other people were reminding me, I wasn't at the due date yet. The due date was Christmas and everybody was telling me, just take your time. It's time to surrender. I know you're in pain, but let's just let's just hold our horses here. But my gut and everything about my intuition, which was so strong, a mother's instinct just knows so much, was like, it's time. It's time. It's got to be, uh, it's contradictory because you're like, just surrender. But then you're like, I'm, I'm having this baby. Just surrender. I feel this baby coming out of my body. <laughs> just surrender. That was my freaking thought process for 30 days. For 30 days. And I don't want to scare anyone who's pregnant because this is not common. But I think this goes back to I'm a highly sensitive person. We are called HSPs. I'm also a reflector. Don't put me in that category. I didn't say you. I meant Uh, we because we have so many listeners. I'm not sensitive. Okay, Pisces man. Whatever. (laughs) Jonathan's the most. Did we determine that you're more sensitive than me? I don't want to talk about it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, just go in with it. We have a sensitive family. I love our sensitive family. So as an HSP, I feel everything super deeply. We had the membrane sweep. Tell everybody what that was like for you. <laughs> that was, I mean, it looked like somebody was hurting somebody. And I was like, oh my God, that doesn't look like you should be doing that. Yeah. The doctor, which was not my doctor, because my doctor went to Sweden for Christmas along it's with not gentle. Along with the rest of the world was taking, you know, their Christmas time off. But here I am having a baby. That was my first surrender. I was like, oh, my doctor is going to Sweden. I'm not giving birth early enough to have him deliver the baby. He's been my doctor for years. Surrender. That was the first lesson in birth was surrender and lesson in becoming a mother. So we had this other doctor do the membrane sweep. I think her entire arm was inside of me. And she was like, oh, I'm tickling the baby's head. And I was like, wait, okay. If that just gives you guys a visual how close Atticus was to coming out. This was on the morning of the 20th. That afternoon, I went to our doula's house. She gave me a massage with clary sage oil. That's a specific type of oil that can also help induce labor. She did the acupressure points. I took a video and she said, show this video to Jonathan and he can do this for you at home. And she gave me a big talking to like, Jordan, if this membrane sweep does not do the trick, 
then it means that it's not time for the baby to come. And we wait another week. We wait however long and he comes on his own. And luckily, I was not high risk. I was, I guess, what you would call medium risk because of the fibroid surgeries that I've had. So it's not like I had to be induced. I just felt like it's time. So I came home. I probably said to Jonathan, come home because you don't know what's going to happen. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is when I started taking castor oil. You forgot the part where I gave you a clear sage foot massage. Well, we haven't gotten to that part yet because when you did that, it was 7 p.m. And that's oh, when bad. I like really went into labor. Okay. But at 2 p.m., you guys, sorry, my memory is like literally verbatim. It's the best. I have a photogenic memory, and especially my memory for time. Is just the worst. No, Jonathan just doesn't understand time, but I love that about him because he helps me let go of the illusion of time, but I can tell him like precisely when everything took place. So at 2 p.m., I started taking castor oil with the recommendation of our doula and a midwife that she's good friends with. And it was two tablespoons of castor oil every two hours blended with orange juice. And if you guys are wondering, how that tastes and how delicious that might be. It is truly as disgusting as you could possibly imagine. Jonathan's I tried um, it. Smiling because he tried it. I mm-hmm. didn't think it was that bad. Oh, shut your I mouth. Didn't. Were you carrying 40 extra pounds of no, weight? No, I'm just saying like about it's like to give birth. Bringing a little bit of olive oil with some some orange juice. No, it was, it's it so fine. much thicker than olive oil. Also have like a crazy ironclad stomach. So you do because basically what castor oil does and the way that it works and why some people drink it to naturally induce labor is that it starts to contract multiple organs in your body. So it is a bowel cleanse and it is not for the faint of heart. And it's also will contract the uterus. So it started doing all those things for me after a couple hours. So I did my two tablespoons with orange juice at two. I did the next serving at four and the next serving at like 6.30. And I was convinced, as Jonathan knows, that nothing was going to put me into labor. So I was just in a very depressed state of mind, to be honest. I think anyone who's been that far along pregnant knows that feeling. You're just ready to meet your baby. You're in excruciating physical pain. I was just so done, but I didn't have any trust that I was actually going to go into labor. It was a really interesting thing because all you know when you're pregnant is like your baby is nestled in your womb. And then around 7 p.m., post castor oil, post clary sage massage, post membrane sweep, all these things that I did, which is so Jordan of me. I just didn't have the patience, which was one of my lessons in birth. It all worked. Spoiler alert. It started to work. And Spoiler alert. It worked. Spoiler alert. I was on the birthing ball at 7 p.m. doing salsa dance exercises to Juanes. Camisa yeah, Negra. All Sing of a sudden. Camisa hold on. Negra. All of a sudden, she's bouncing on this ball and she starts singing Spanish. I'm like, what? The fuck? <laughs> he was just along for the ride. I, was I didn't like, know you knew a Spanish song. What? I t- I was in Spanish for like 15 years. No, and not, We went Spanish. to Juanes concerts. Sing it. Sacramento people know. I already sang a sing snippet. A that was enough. Tango sing La Camisa it. Negra. We should insert it. No, we'll put it in the show notes. It's the best song. So, anyway. I'm thinking she's going crazy right now. She's singing Spanish. Well, I like I said, I was in denial. So contractions started. 
Jonathan gave me the Clary Sage massage. The contraction started coming on more strong. And we texted the doula. I was like, just so you know, you might not want to go into a very deep sleep tonight. I think it's going to happen. And she, because she had seen me in the afternoon and she knew how eager I was. She said, let's just take our time and let's go to sleep. Let's have everyone get a good night of sleep. But I was determined. And if there's one thing about me, if I am determined, it's going to happen. This is a fact. And I just want to say too, like babies choose their parents and Atticus chose me and I'm under the belief, and I know that Jonathan is too, that babies come exactly when they're supposed to come. No sooner, no later. And everything about their birth is written in the stars. So on the one hand, you could say everything I did rushed the process because it did. But Atticus You knew he was ready. Soul chose my soul. And I was like, my son is ready to come. This is a moment where I'm like, I'm doing what my son is is almost like He's showing me to do from the other side. So I went all in. And I wonder if other moms feel that where they're like, I'm going to choose right now. I think so. I mean, moms listening, comment on Instagram, email me, tell me. I need to know. Like all the moms listening, you guys can tell us if you felt that similar force that I felt with your baby's soul from the other side. Because I really do believe that we as mothers, we hold the key to what that baby spirit needs for their birth time to be written in the stars so that they come in with all the tools and personality that will help them succeed and be who they're meant to be in this life. So I took the reins. You're welcome, Atticus. Just kidding. Because I really think he orchestrated the whole thing. So let's kind of like jump from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. because that was when I was doing the birthing ball, the salsa music, the I put on the breast milk pump, like because that can also stimulate labor. I think I did every single thing that you can do. And it freaking worked. So at 10 p.m., I shot a text to my best friends, Katie and Danielle, and I said, just so you know, I'm in labor. And I thought I was going to send like a hundred of these texts. I have a lot of close friends. I couldn't wait to update everyone. After that, how do I express how much I left this planet and I was never able to form a lucid sentence again? Facts. Yeah. That, I mean, I cannot even tell you guys the contractions hit me like an absolute freight train. Freight train? Freight. Freight train. I got into the shower. But for you, it was a fright train. It was a train. It was like, it's so interesting because I am this meditator. I'm a yoga teacher. I I worked with a doula for 10 months. Like I had so many tools in place. I wanted to have an ecstatic birth where I would just breathe through the pain. I wasn't scared of the pain at all. This is so typical of me. I was not scared of the pain at all. And then the pain hit me. And I think it was also the combination of everything I did. I did all those extra things. And they say, hey, don't get a membrane sweep if you're not prepared to have extra pain. Hey, don't drink castor oil if you're not prepared to have excessive extra pain and have it go really, really, really fast. But I did all those things anyway. And at 10 p.m., I hopped in the shower with hopes and dreams of washing my hair, blow drying my hair, looking 
very cute for these hospital photos and knowing like, I'm going to have a baby. I'm not going to have the chance to do this again for a long time. I got in the shower, the water hit my body and my hair, and I was never able to wash my hair (laughs) or do anything again. So I started, this is when the contractions hit me and I'm trying to find the words to describe and maybe Jonathan can help me from his perspective. I just started screaming the way you see people in labor. It hit me like that. And I screamed out to Jonathan. I remember saying, call Patty, call our doula. We have to have her meet us at the hospital. This is so serious. This is so deep. I'm in so deep. We need to go to the hospital. Facts. So what did you do? I did not call. Yes, you did. Oh, I thought I just texted her. No, no. You called Patty. Okay, I called Patty. And you Patty. put her on speaker. Oh. And I'll always remember this moment because Patty said, I think I'm going to meet you at your house. Let's stick to the plan. Unless, Jordan, you want you want to go to the hospital, you need pain management or we could stick to the plan. And that's pretty much all you have to say to me. And I'm like, no, no, let's stick to the plan because I was under the impression, and this is what I've heard for this entire duration of being pregnant, that your first birth takes forever. And it could be 24 hours. It could be 48 hours. Let's stay at home for as long as possible to avoid all of these interventions. Like, of course, there's nothing wrong with any of those interventions, but we were hoping to avoid them. So we stayed home. We did stay home. And I I would like to say that the birth experience for the woman and the man we are in two completely different mindsets. You don't yeah. say. Well, yes. I mean, it, it's obvious. But <laughs> your mindset is, I'm in pain. This is happening. And trying to process that. The male mindset is, do I have everything? Do I have <laughs> documentation? Do I have the sound machine? Do I have blankets? Do I have everything that we need to go to the hospital Because like you said, we may be here for 48 hours. So you're simultaneously trying to calm your wife, which I think we could all agree I could do a better job at in the the future. (laughs) Just refer to TikTok. And I, I think the other component is like you're trying to pack the car. You're trying to make sure that everything is also like ready so that when you get there, your wife could just go up and deliver this baby. Like there's no worries. You have everything that you need. You have a very specific birth plan, and I wanted to make sure that it was exactly what you wanted. So, yeah. And that's what you were focused on for sure. And looking back, we would have been a lot more ahead of our game on that. And it goes to show how much in denial I think both of us were that it was really, really happening. Because I felt like we packed the bag already and I thought we already had everything to go. But when it it came down to it, we were like chickens running around with our heads cut off, or at least you were, because I was, I was in the birth portal. And (laughs) Patty came over as per the plan. And I just remember this moment. This is almost one of the last moments that I remember in my lucid state where you said, I'm going to go let Patty into our parking garage. And I held onto you with my whole body and said, do not leave me up here. I will die. I'm not going to survive. And if you leave me alone, I'm literally dying. And whenever I could like eke out the words to Jonathan or to Patty, because Patty came up, I said, I just want you guys to know I'm not going to survive this. I'm not giving birth. I'm dying because that's what I felt. And 
again, like this is not everyone's experience, but all I can do is share my experience. And well, you were dying. Well, you because yeah, the old you. Yeah, I was, and I believe that deely. See, my husband knows hey. me. Death cycles and rebirth, Saved. baby. Save yourself. <laughs> So for the next few hours, to me, the only thing I can compare this to, the way that the time became irrelevant to me, was just like in a plant medicine ceremony. I was in a ceremony and an initiation during this birth. So I was on our bed. I was throwing up. I was writhing around. Patty was massaging me. She eventually got me in the bath. And it was there in the bath that she noticed a vein popping out of my lower back that indicated that the baby was like coming out. So up until this point, I will say, I don't think anyone necessarily believed me about how far along I was. But I also can say that I myself did not know how far along I was. Patty's reaction to Jordan was, oh, wow. But then when Jordan was having her contractions, she looked at me and said, you get everything in the fucking car right now. Because we... Literally have to go to the hospital right now. Right now. And I didn't know what that meant. I just meant we're going to the hospital right now. I didn't, I've never done this before. I knew because I saw Patty's face when she said, get out of the bath. And I said, well, let me go to the bathroom. Like, don't forget, I took castor oil, laxative, this whole thing was going on. And she said, you don't have time to do that. She threw clothes over my body. We ran down the hallway I just remember screaming at Jonathan to make sure Hudson, our cat, was inside. I was like, I was not, I was not on this planet. Then we get in the car. And if you guys have seen the infamous TikTok where I'm saying the baby's coming out, he's coming out, he's like out of me and I feel this and I'm dying. And Jonathan goes, just relax. Yeah, I said it. TikTok crucified. TikTok crucified. On my behalf. Yep. TikTok said divorce immediately. Yep. Which is funny because Jonathan is the best, most supportive. Best comment was, wow, how does it feel to birth your baby and bury your husband in the same day? TikTok is really freaking funny. TikTok comments were awesome. We had like celebrities commenting on that, restaurant chains. People were getting like hundreds of thousands of likes on their comments. This was like nothing I've ever seen before. But… It was because it was such a classic birth moment. It was so classic. It was like, I was like… It was so classic. It was clearly staged. Oh, yeah. Everyone. They're acting. Like, if you guys think I could produce those noises from my mouth… Why would you record it in the first… Because we were going to do a vlog, okay? Yeah. Jordan wanted to vlog the whole thing. We have aspirations of being vegan family YouTubers. (laughs) So, we thought, oh, we'll start with the birth story. I'm so happy that Jonathan popped the camera up. Believe me when I say I didn't even know he was recording. Like I saw the camera, but I was not on this planet. Well, you knew. Yeah. I was throwing myself around the car because Patty said, don't even try to sit. Just like she knew that I was in too much pain to sit down. I was on my knees. I was in the back seat. I was in the front seat. I was like, not. I was, I was Gumby basically. Two in the morning. And thank God, because no other cars were on the road. We got to the hospital in seven minutes. Per the infamous other TikTok. We'll be there in seven minutes, babe. Thought that would be helpful, but continue. Go on. When Get to the hospital. When you're feeling all these things. You're right. Hell no. Yep. We actually needed the paramedics. But anyways, I became one of those women who you see in movies who is 
running into the lobby, like giving birth in the lobby, more or less. Somehow got up to the top floor or the labor and delivery unit, somehow got into that room screaming at the top of my lungs, give me the epidural. I swear to you, I'm not surviving. Something's happening. I don't think I'm in labor, but something's... I, I was in denial. I didn't no, think I was No in nurse denial. yet has evaluated her. And then the nurse came in and was like, all right, what's this crazy lady doing? And then did a little membrane sweep. No, they did the cer- cervical, cervix, check. cervical check. And her face, her eye, her, she dilated. She dilated. Her eyeballs dilated. The nurse? Yes. Because? Because you were, what, eight, nine centimeters? I was eight and a half centimeters dilated. And when I felt the baby's head pushing in the car like he was going to come out, I was right. So this is the first time that everybody kind of went, whoa, this woman, me, Jordan, Jordan is not having a panic attack. She's in transition, which is what they say from 10 centimeters to, or sorry, from six to 10 centimeters. You're in transition. And the clock is running for you to get the epidural. Right. So basically, I had to negotiate, and Jonathan helped me negotiate to get the epidural. This coming from me, I wanted to have a natural birth, but I had always been told you have to have the epidural because you've had previous fibroid surgeries, yada, yada, yada. At this point, nothing could have held me back from having the epidural because this wasn't, this was a non negotiable with my body and where I was at. So, anesthesiologist was scared of me. He was like, okay, we're going to skip the questionnaire. We're going to skip everything. We're going to give it to her now. This is all on video, which is epic. And then sweet relief, baby. Sweet relief from the gods. I am so holistic. I don't even take Advil. And this epidural was a gift from the actual heavens above. And I feel for me, in this birth with Atticus, it it enabled me to have the most blissful, pleasurable, beautiful, and otherworldly experience of actually birthing Atticus. Yeah. Everything went extremely fast from there. That was around 2.30. And then it slowed things down. I think, I believe Atticus would have been born right at that moment if I hadn't had the epidural. People know with epidurals, it slows things down. Contractions were still happening. Very quickly thereafter, I was 10 centimeters dilated. So again, the nurses said, go to sleep, get your rest. And then I oh, said— Oh, and I, I did. I tried. <laughs> I well, literally I said, put the blanket down. Patty was like, okay, I'm going to get a snack. I don't think I was down for five minutes. No, because they said, let us know when you feel pressure. And I said, I feel pressure. No consideration of the fact that I needed a nap, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, right. It's fine for you. And oh, I guess I could do this. Right. So for— 15 a.m., the nurse says, oh, you're 10 centimeters. It's time to push. And Jonathan says to the nurse, when are you going to call the doctor in? And she said, oh, it's going to be a while. I'm not going to call the doctor until the head is crowning. And I kid you not. Yeah. How many minutes pass? It's three pushes, like three hard pushes. And you kind of like get your breath. And then you wait, I think, a minute or two. And then you do three more pushes. After the first three pushes, she was like, okay, we need to call the doctor right now. Yeah. Like, I looked down and she's on her little like pager phone. Hey, doctor, we're going to uh, need you in here right now. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. And I, at this point, just to get into like the spiritual element of this birth, I was in the birth portal. And I, re- I could remember now that my pain had been taken away from me and I was in bliss, 
I could remember all of my tools to call on my angels and my guides and my ancestors. And I had had these visions my whole pregnancy that my grandmother would basically be in the room in a spirit realm and handing our baby to me. And my favorite quote of all time, which is, I don't even know who it's attributed to at this point, but that a woman giving birth is a woman going into the other realm to fetch her baby and bring the baby to this earth. So I was able to do that. I was able to really get present in the here and now, which I was not able to do from the rest of that entire night. 24 minutes. 24 minutes pass. I could see all of our ancestors in the room. One of my lucky numbers too, by the way. Yeah, it's true. Your birth number. And I could see my grandmother, my grandfather, Jonathan's grandparents, all of our angels, all of our ancestors and our guides. Jonathan had my favorite song playing, A Call by Trevor Hall. And my favorite— Had to have Trevor there. Yes, we love you, Trevor. My favorite point in the song as well, just like this epic moment. I could cry just thinking about it. And in that moment, one last push, 4.40 in the morning, Atticus came into this world. Well, somebody came into this world. He didn't have a name yet. He didn't. Yeah. And then they handed you this baby. And what was the first thing that I said? You said, is it him? Is it Atticus? And Because we had been thinking about that name, but she, as indecisive and Libra-spirited as she is, was like, well, I want my options, so we're not going to 100% land on this until I, I actually see, see his face. face. So the second that those little eyes locked mine, I said, yes, this is Atticus. This is the old wise soul, Sagittarius, mind you, that I felt this entire time. And the first words that I said to Atticus were, you came home to me. I know this because there was a video. I was still in the other planet. I was not here. So the memories are all over the place for me, but it was so special. He came out seeing his face. This was like what I was the most excited about. Finally seeing this baby that has been growing inside of me. Half you, half me. He looks like your dad when he was born. (laughs) You thought he looked like my dad. I did. I'm like, oh my God, the genetics. Wow. So many things just rushing through my mind. And it was bliss. Most blissful morning of my life. Yeah. And I, I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew that I was in labor aside from like parents. One text that I sent, and I had Jonathan send some others, but pretty much nobody knew. So we had this extremely fun morning as the sun began to rise where we got to FaceTime my sister, your brother. These people did not know that (laughs) that Atticus was here and we just had his little face right there in the FaceTime. And this is the most special memory for me. Like when the sun was rising and... We got to share our little man with our family. It was the best. Mm -hmm. It was so magical. And I mean, maybe another day we will share what transpired in the hospital after that because he was perfect, perfectly healthy. And then we went through like a 10-day wild health thing in the hospital because of his really severe jaundice. Welcome to parenthood. (laughs) Welcome to parenthood thrown in the deep end. And we had to surrender and surrender some more. But I think Jonathan and I have decided that we would rather talk about that another time and keep this just all about the magical elements of the birth and the truthful elements of how hard it was in the beginning. Totally. That's like a, a good long story. And save that for another day. 
save that for another day. And we will, but we have a lot more that we want to share. So we were able to bring Atticus home on Christmas Eve. And then we did go back to the hospital. And then we were home again around New Year's. And at that time, I would say that's when the postpartum hormones really started to hit hard. And that's when I was literally dumping hormones like wild. I mean, night sweats, hysterical crying fests, just everything. I was feeling everything. And I think what really helped with all of that was like your support for sure. At this point, all of the wild shit Jonathan said during my birth, like I can forgive him because that was a stressful time. Thank you. Because later on in postpartum, he was an angel and so Angel. Helpful, um, non-divorced still. Non-divorce worthy. I took my placenta pills. That helped me a lot. We had a midwife encapsulate the placenta. That I think helped me a lot. So I was very lucky to not experience postpartum depression. Although I can say I had a lot of anxiety and the typical, like those first three weeks, the hormones were raging. Well, really the first three months. So Definitely three months, everybody, not three weeks, three months. At least. At least. Breastfeeding included. And we'll talk about breastfeeding too. But I know that you have some questions for me. I, I want to make a statement though. Even though you were literally like wildfire emotionally, you, I've never fallen in love with you more. Like the way that you are with him and how protective you are with his energy, with the energy that like surrounds this little spirit and ensuring that like we're talking to him, we're singing to him, just you're always singing to him. It's my favorite thing, just making up songs. And I can't even describe how amazing it is to just see you as a mom. It's like everyone always focuses on like, oh, what's going to be like to be a dad, but you don't even think about, well, what's it? going to be like to be a dad and see your wife become mom. And that was like a shocker to me. I was like, wow, this is this is better than being a dad almost. Wow. That so. is so beautiful. Thank you, my love. Yeah, you're welcome. I could echo the same thing, honestly, but I won't. I'm going to take in the compliment and then I'll talk in a minute about what a good dad you are. Born to be a dad, literally. Like people come over and they are astonished. They're like, if Jonathan wasn't actually born to be a dad, then no one was because you just were. You're so good with him. So yeah, maybe I will rave about you right now too. No, that was good enough. <laughs> I love you. No, I mean, I just did rave about you. Okay. So cool. let's ask each other some questions. We wrote down just some fun and easy questions for each other about parenthood. And then we want to go to the Q&A from the audience too. I'll let you go first. Sounds good. Why don't we go, I'll shoot you with one and then you shoot me with one. Yeah. Okay. And I'm scared to ask you this question because I feel like it'll take you forever to answer it. Actually, I'm going to skip it. No, um, do it. I'll, I'll concise my answer. What made introducing Atticus to Nanny so special? Oh my God. Are you kidding me? So I had a nanny that took care of me until I was 12. And I'll keep it really short. She's like a grandmother to me. She's 83. She had a heart attack two years ago on my birthday, almost lost her. It was the hardest thing I've ever been through. Truly, she's like a mother to me. So my intention and my goal was to have a baby and introduce the baby to nanny while nanny is in good health and with us. 
And she's doing freaking amazing. She is. She's had a rough year. She's had a rough couple years. And just seeing her, because I told her my entire childhood, I want you to be my children's nanny. And it was the running thing. It was like, I'm not going to have a different nanny. You're going to be my child's nanny. So that's the we'll short We'll dive and sweet. into that more at some point, I'm I mean, sure. nanny needs to come on the podcast. You got to do it. People request it every single day. Because she's, right, fam- she's famous on my Instagram. Now that we have a baby, is there anything else you would do differently next time that we have a newborn? Yes. I am going to be Mr. Supportive on the way to the hospital. And when you have had an at-bat, it makes it easier. To, All the sports analogies. When you've had a run of doing this once, it makes the second time easier. So I'm just like, nothing could prepare you for the fatigue, the lack of sleep, the delirium that you feel post having a kid, like as a husband, you're just kind of told that like, oh, the baby sleeps like 18 hours a day. You're fine. Well, totally not that. There's so much involved. And I think that was a real eye opener for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. What's your next question? Okay. Next question. What is a memory that you will treasure that is special to just you and Addie? So no people involved. Oh my God. I love that. I think I'll have to say, so those first four and a half months, we were in a newborn cocoon. I wasn't working. I didn't even check my email or open my computer until April. And every morning I would wake up. Usually you were already gone at work or something, or Jonathan was home a lot in the beginning. But when you started going back to work, Atticus and I, he was still sleeping in our bed. And we would wake up together and it was his and still is his happiest time of day. Yep. He wakes up from a good 12-hour sleep. And this man is literally grinning from ear to ear so much that he's laughing. And he even did this as a newborn. This is why he's special. He's always been smiling. You know, it's my favorite just to cut you off. hmm. When I would feed him when he was like a month old and we'd be done with the bottle and like… It was almost like clockwork. He'd wait like 10 seconds and then he would just full gummy, just grin. Yeah, the gummy the smile. The gummy smile. Like he was so happy that he was like full. And he was like sleeping. And I think he was having good dreams too. Yeah, he was so yeah, it. those mornings together were and still are really special. And I, I have a commitment to myself to not turn on my phone, not do anything in the outside world until I have spent a full more with Atticus, whether that be an hour or whatever time. That's our special time. And he knows we go to his nursery. We look at his planets. We play. We sing. He just has me undivided. And that's really the only time of day that we, the two of us, really have that. I mean, he's with me like all day, but we do a lot of things. So I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll go to the audience. Questions? This is funny because you've already answered a lot of these. We're just on the same wavelength. But who was the most special person to introduce Atticus to in your life? Wow. I would have to say my dad. Really? Yeah. How come? Because my brother has a daughter. So we've, we have no heir to the Albrecht name. There's no boys in the family. My brother and I are the product of my dad and his brother. And my grandpa had a brother. And... The Albrecht boy. The Albrecht lineage continues on. That's so beautiful. I just seeing my dad with this little little man and 
wanting to relive all of the memories that he did with us is yeah. just triggering memories that he's kind of forgot about. And mm-hmm. it's um, it's been awesome. I love that. Oh, I have another question that just popped into my head. What's the most spiritual experience that you've had as a father so far? What? We are on the Balanced Blonde podcast. Sir. Most spiritual? I don't know how to answer I, that. Have you had any like out-of-body moments or memories of being a child or anything? I don't know. How about, I'm trying to think, because I find being a parent to be such a spiritual experience. And I think, I think maybe the reason why it's hard for you to answer this is because you are just a very naturally deep, spiritual, sentimental, in-tune person. And you don't necessarily have to try at that. So maybe that's just a tough question for you to answer. Yeah. But I think we should keep it in because I do want everyone to know, like, you are the most naturally spiritual person well, that I know. I also want to say, you'll be like, hey, what was the best part of your day? And it'll take me literally 10 minutes to answer it because I have to give you, like, the right answer. I, I'm not able to answer quickly on the spot, which I know makes things a little bit difficult for a podcast. So let me get back to you on that question. Yeah, we can start our next episode together with that. Cool. Okay, everybody wants to know, because we're getting into the audience questions, will we raise Atticus vegan? I will say that it will probably start that way. And if he's called to, I didn't grow vegan. You didn't grow up vegan. I definitely want him to understand like where nutrition and and everything kind of like comes from and how we break down food in our body and why eating meat, you know, what it does to the body. And I don't, want to be the parents that are like, no, we can't have anything because that's just going to make him rebel. So, I mean, even I, like every once in a while, if I feel like a cheeseburger, I'm going to have a cheeseburger and I just go back to being vegan. I'm not like an ethical vegan. I think there's a lot about veganism that I love. Like I love the way I feel. I really love the way I feel. I feel my best. And I think because Atticus and I truly are so similar, like even just the way he sleeps, like his mannerisms, I feel like he's a little version of me. I think he will also feel his best that way. But if he's like, Dad, I want to try this, I'm going to be like, all right, let's try it. Let's see. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a fine line between what we're really excited about, which is to teach him why we live the lifestyle that we do, which is plant-based, why we love the animals, the nutrition, all those things, and leaving room for him to be who he is and who he came here to be. And I did mention this, but I'm going to say this again. He's a Sagittarius and he was born three hours before Capricorn season. So if that's not saying something, people. What does that have to do I don't with, know what it is. with something? Oh, I mean, the reason that I, <laughs> that I said that is because people come here who they're supposed to be with a set of skills to be exactly who they came here to be. So I don't want to mess with that at all. Meaning if Atticus doesn't want to be vegan… Atticus does not have to do what we have envisioned for him. I think he's wise, whether whatever his astrology was, like he he knows, he knows. Got it. Right? Yeah. So that's where that came from. Thanks cool. for asking because I realized I just jumped to that. Going right to the audience questions here. Okay, so we'll like just rapid fire the final ones. This can be a little I feel long. like we're killing it, Beb. I know, me too. This can be a little long because this is like, a monumental episode. What was Jonathan's favorite aspect of birth? This is from Savannah. My favorite aspect of birth? Yeah. 
Wow. I don't I have no idea. Well, it could be like the moment that I pushed Atticus out, like the, oh. the eye gaze that we had when I was birthing, like something. I think just knowing that he was healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't really beat that. Yeah. Same. I mean, that's that seems like so cliche, but there's a lot of things that you test for and we cleared all of those things, but there's a few that are one in whatever. And we were just fortunate that our little man came out perfectly healthy. And that's always a fear, I think, for anyone that's about to deliver. Of course. What advice would you have for new parents? I would say maybe go two days without sleeping and practice in your delirious state being kind to the other person because you will say some crazy ass shit. Yes. No, I would I would Nobody say Nobody will say crazier shit than Jonathan oh my did God. when we were in the hospital and we hadn't slept for 10 days. Yeah. I was like, where is my husband and who is this individual who replaced him? But we were under a lot of stress and it was wild. So that's a good tip. I think that you are so focused on delivering the baby that the baby is healthy that you forget that the aftermath is also taking care of yourself, not mm-hmm. just the baby. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay if you need to get 12 hours of consecutive sleep and find someone to kind of step in and help out. Yeah. You You do need to, People will want to. And yeah, take them up on it. Family, friends, postpartum doula, like take anything and everything that you can get your hands on. You're going to show up in your best state if you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I love this question from someone. They want us to brag about each other as parents. Okay. I, I want to go first. I feel like I already did, but go. Well, go you first. can brag about something new because okay. there's so many things. So I just want to brag about this. Jonathan. This is a great way to end it. Jonathan does all the night feedings and he always has. So when I was breastfeeding, I would get up and pump in the middle of the night. That was just the most efficient way to do it. And we realized pretty immediately while I'm pumping, Jonathan should just feed Atticus the pumped bottle so that I'm not doing both or else I would be awake until his next feeding, basically. So that kind of started Jonathan and Atticus's middle of the night bond. And once about once a week, I do it to relieve Jonathan so that he can get once every two weeks. Okay, true. True that. So, so that he can get I a full night crazy. of sleep. And it's I, every two hours for the first like six weeks, eight weeks. It's yeah. No, strenuous. it's no freaking joke. And I have not heard of very many men or any men who have done that. I've heard of like one or two. So I'm going to brag about that for until the end of time. I think it really shows what a dedicated father you are and husband. Thank you. It's actually as much as I would complain. It's an opportunity to bond you know, if you work full time, there are days when I come home and he's already asleep. And if I didn't take care of him in the night, I'm literally going to work before he wakes up sometimes. So it's like, I just didn't want to be that guy. And that dad for him, I wanted him to like know who I was. And, and uh, does he ever? Yeah. You and him are so cute together. Okay, so brag now I'm, I'm going to brag about you. Let's see. I'm not going to say that you singing to him is my absolute favorite thing that's ever happened to me because I already said that. And I'm not going to say that you being a parent has been one of the most beautiful things because I already said that too. I would say that my absolute favorite me bragging about you moment is I married somebody who does the research. (laughs) I married someone who has a great memory 
and knows everything. Because I'll be like, hey, why don't we do this or try that? And she's like, absolutely not. I read this thing two years ago on this article. And like, it blows my mind how much you know and how little I know. And I'm fucking so grateful that you know so much and you teach me. And I'm so happy that that you do because it definitely is one of the main reasons why Atticus is the person that he is. You're teaching me and I'm executing in what you're kind of like sharing with me and teaching me. And it would be a completely different, uh, let's just say if you were another carbon copy of me, that would be a scary situation. We would be <laughs> in a real problem. That's really nice. Thank you. I you, do. You are the actual best. Like, I feel like I've been preparing to be a mom my entire you life. Have. I really have. Nothing. No, no stone has been left unturned. I know what I've wanted to do. I mean, there's a lot of things, don't get me wrong, that I didn't realize I would have to know that I've learned since he's been born. But when it comes to sleep and food and all those basic needs, yeah, I know what I believe in. We're definitely on the gentle parenting, conscious parenting like side of things. And I learned that really early on when I was in all these mom groups and seeing how other people do things. And it was just such a reminder to me that just like Jonathan and I live a really alternative life compared to most of our friends and family, same goes for the parenting style. We're different. And True. everyone should be freaking different. That was the main thing I learned was, I know I'm like riffing off of the original question. Don't compare yourself to other parents. Everyone's going to tell you how they did it, what worked for them what their fears are. They're going to project them onto you. You don't have to take any of that in. It's all just noise. Oh, they're good now. Wait till month four. Yeah. Someone said that to me and I was like, what the fuck happens in month four? People love to say that. I did a video on TikTok that was like, I'm By the way, nothing happened in month four. He was fine in month four. I know. Terrified me. did a video. Something weird was going to happen. On TikTok. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was saying how much I love being a mom and how people seem to be really uncomfortable about the fact that I'm not miserable about sleep and all that stuff. Like, I'm sleep deprived, but I'm not complaining about it. I'm leading with how much I enjoy being a mom. I got so many comments. Just wait until you have a toddler. Just wait until you have two kids. Like, everyone just needs to project their experience, which is why people's favorite thing to say pre-birth is you're never going to sleep again. And Jonathan and I had this inside joke that was really like, shut up to those people, like stop. And so we are never going to be those people who'll be like, oh, get your sleep now because you're never going to sleep again. Because even if there's an element of truth to some of that, people don't need to be reminded of all the negative. I think it's important to also be role models for how fun it is to be parents if you want to be parents. It's really fun. It is very rewarding. It's my favorite stage of life. It's the best. I've never been happier. How are we wrapping this thing up? Jonathan is ready to go. My back hurts. I know. Okay, can I, I, I will just say here, a lot of these questions from the audience are really amazing and they're for me about like birth itself, postpartum healing, all that. Postpartum healing was gnarly. Solo episode? I'm going to do a solo episode. That's what I was getting to. Wonderful. Yes. So let's wrap it up by just kind of saying we're really happy to be back. Really happy. I mean, we're, can I say we're at Dear Media? Yeah. Yeah. This place is nuts. Like, you really are like boss. Like, this is like amazing. This is an up level for yeah. sure. This is so fun too. And thank you for having me. 
I hope to do this again. <laughs> okay. You can find me on Instagram. Blah, 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 blah. She always likes saying that. And I, I do. don't like to be found on Instagram. But if you, you follow Jordan, you obviously know that my Instagram is Inspire People. Well, you just gave yourself away. So they all know. He's Inspire underscore people. He's really fun to follow. He really never posts. But when he posts some stories, it's epic. And he's been posting some cute stuff about being a dad. And I want to make an announcement. What is it? You're going to be my frequent co-host. Okay. You knew that. I didn't know what your announcement was. Oh, well, he, Jonathan's going to be my frequent co-host. He's going to be here a lot. I don't know how often, maybe once a month or something. So whatever you want to hear from the man himself, the father that is the best, the amazing husband that he is, send a request Hell to yeah. my Instagram or his because he probably will see more of the messages than I will, but send it our way. And we're really, really grateful to be back. Grateful to be back. Dear media, thank you for having us. Look forward to being back here. Jordan, my beautiful bride, I love you. Great, great episode. And we'll see you guys later. Can I say one more thing? I mean, it wouldn't be Jordan if I didn't. can't end things, you guys. I cannot end things, especially if I'm not 100% ready. But I was going to say just one advice tip I have for parents is if you're going through a hard time after the baby's born, because as amazing as it is, it's often pretty hard at the same time. That's not everybody's experience, but we had hard times. Make up a song with your significant other and sing it to the baby, and it'll become your family song. We did this, and it got us through a really tough time in the hospital. And now that Atticus is old enough to recognize it, he knows the song, and he smiles, it's a grateful song. I was upset that you wanted to do one more thing, but I liked what you said. It is JA approved. And Jonathan I agree. came up with the song. I agree. Make a song. It's fun and it's beautiful and it's special. And it'll be a song that you guys will have for life. And it may be stupid, but uh, it's not stupid. No, no I remember it could be, you the know? songs that my nanny sang to me and my parents, but my nanny was really like the lullaby person. I will remember for the rest of my life. So that's the closing note because I feel like that's a really tangible tip that can actually add value to new parents' lives as well as all the other tips. So we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank love you, ya. Johnny, for being here. Johnny Ann. Johnny Ann. That's me. Atticus is dad. All right. Love okay, ya. We love Bye, you mama. Bye, fans. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Oh my God, my foot's asleep. I have a Charlie Horace. I'm gonna stand up. Not really. I'm afraid. Well, you can. Well, I'm afraid that I'll send like shooting pain through my body. <gasps> oh my god! Ow. I hope they put this in there. <laughs> Bloopers. Bloops. Jordan and Jonathan, BTS. <laughs> BTS. BTS. Bloopies. Bloops. Ow! Oh my god! I'm gonna stand because my lower back is killing me. Okie dokie.